that. With a loud voice. They were shouting. They were praising God. And the Bible said because Jesus was coming home to Jerusalem, riding a lowly beast, they shouted and they praised God with a loud voice for the almighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. I look this way and I'm going to tell you what they said. They said, stop that crowd from shouting. Don't let them holler anymore. We, we, we don't like shouting. Somebody said, I don't like shouting. You better not go to heaven. You'll have a nervous breakdown. Say amen right there. Somebody said, I don't like shouting. Listen, I won't tell you what makes shout, uh, shout in heaven and I'll take reading the scripture. You know what makes shouting up in heaven? Not my preaching. Oh, not the singing of the choir. Not their teaching. Not what you do. But when you get an old sinner to come down the aisle and trust in the Lord, the Bible said, Likewise, thus rejoicing in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner that repents. That'll, that'll set heaven to shouting, rejoicing up in heaven when a sinner comes home to God. Now notice what he said. And they said, Rebuke thy disciples, Master. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Now notice what Jesus said, and then I'm going to let you be seated, and I'm going to pray and bring you the message. What's all that shouting about? Jesus said, if I stop these folks from shouting, rocks will stand and sing and praise my name. Well, thanks. Think about that. He said, if I stop this shouting, rocks will praise me. Something's going to praise God. Now let me give you something, and I'm going to let you be seated, and I'm going to bring you the message of what's all that shouting about. The Bible said during the millennial reign of Christ that the curse will be lifted out here on the trees and the rocks. And the Bible said the trees will clap their hands. Oh, they're going to shout. The trees are going to clap their hands. And the Bible said the mountains will sing to his eyes. Oh, they'll be shouting. But I've got news for you. You that are saved, the Bible said rejoice. Not because the devils or demons are subject unto you. But shout, because your name is recorded over yonder. And what a blessing that is. And in just a moment, I'm going to bring you the message. What's all that shouting about? But I want you to be seated all over the house, if you will, beloved. Bow your head for a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the camp meeting. Thank you. We've got something to shout about. Lord, in this world of sin, in this world of so much sorrow and sickness, I'm glad we've got something worth shouting for. We've got something worth living for. And I pray that everyone in this camp meeting tonight will be blessed by the Spirit of God. Thank you for Brother Kenneth. Thank you for this great choir. Thank Thank you, our Father, for the quartet uh, and everyone that's assembled here. Uh, Lord, lift us up, up above the shadows. Uh, I pray that this may be a glorious, uh, victorious night. Uh, oh, God, that we'll praise the name that's above every name. Uh, and all that you do for us, we'll, we'll thank you, Lord. Save somebody, uh, somebody that's never been saved, never known God. Uh, I pray that you'll be 
save the saints. And I pray for that Christian. Oh, that that Christian will give praise and honor to the Christ that saved them. And we'll praise him because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I announced last evening, I preached on what's all that shouting about. Now hear somebody say, Brother me, do you think it's important that we shout our praise to the Lord? The Psalms were written for praise, mostly. If you read the Psalms, you'll hear him say, Praise God. Praise the Lord. I believe that you'll check up and see what God's done for you. My friend, you've got a right, a right to shout. Every one of God's children ought to praise him. I tell you, we're too quiet about what God has done for us. And you say, Preacher, are you praising the Lord? I certainly am. I'm glad he's been good to me. I look back and see what God's done. And I praise his blessed name. Well, let's look at my text tonight. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus was going home the last time. You remember when you went home the last time and mother was living or daddy was living and then God took them on to heaven. That last trip home was a wonderful time. Here Jesus is going back to Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified. But as he goes, listen, we call it Palm Sunday. The Bible said he rode a coat that no man had ever ridden. And as he went in, they shouted praise. I want you to know they looked at the Lord. They saw the King of glory. And they cried, Hosanna! Praise God for the one that came to Jerusalem as the King. And they shouted, Blessed be his name. And as they were shouting, the Bible said they took palm branches and laid them down and the clothes down the him. And they started praising his name. But there was a crowd that didn't like that praise. They didn't want Jesus to get the praise. Let me say to you, my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that deserves our praise. Thank God what he did when he saved you. You ought to praise him. What he did for you today. You ought to praise him. I tell you, he's worthy of honor and power and glory. And these people that stood there on the streets of Jerusalem, they couldn't be quiet. They were standing there, clapping their hands and crying, Hallelujah! As he comes in, the King of Glory. I want to meet him by way of introduction. Four people, I believe, that was in that crowd that just couldn't be quiet that day. Oh, let me say, somebody said, Preacher, you believe in shouting if you help us. I ain't going to try to help him. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to open up and praise his name. I believe in the crowd that stood there. As Jesus came home the last time on that beach, I believe there's a little old boy sitting there. And I can see him as he packed his hands. And he said, Hallelujah to the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. I see a Pharisee walk over and say, Son, you have to stop that shouting. And he said, Mr. I can't. Did you see that man riding that beast? Said one day I came to him. I had five barley loaves and two fishes. And he took my blunt and fed five thousand hungry men. Mister, I'm going to praise his name. I want you to know I'm so glad the Lord can take your lunch. And the Lord can take my lunch. And brother, he can feed the multitude. The Bible said he breakfast. And he broke it. And he fed the multitude. Do you think?
think that little boy can stop shouting? What's all the shouting about, son? He said, I know the one that's on that donkey. Thank God he took my lunch and broke it. I see another person in that crowd that couldn't quit shouting. You say, who was he? Very meek and lowly in spirit. But he wasn't always that way. I see him as he touched his hands and he said, Hallelujah! And as he praises God of Pharisees, he says, Why don't you hush? Why you shout, man? He said, You ought to see me. I remember the night when I first saw the man on that beast. He said, I lived in the tombs. I was bound to sin. Oh, he said, I was a wild man. I was excommunicated from my home. My children was afraid of me. But one night upon the sea came a little boat across the Sea of Galilee. And a storm arose. And as I stood up in that cemetery, I peered out at that little boat. And a man got up and held up his hand and said, Peace! That man said, I want to tell you something. I was a man that had a storm in my soul. I filled the demons. And I'm glad the same man that filled the storm stood up in my life and said, I want to stop here long enough to say this. I was in a storm one night. Many years ago, I didn't know where to turn. The old boat was about to go down. But Jesus stepped up, hallelujah. And Jesus said, peace, Miss Phil. I want to tell you, come this came over my soul. I've never not known that you say, well, what's all that shouting about? That wild man said, that man on that donkey came me to say, he said, now I can go home, and my kids are not afraid of me. Now I can go home, and I've got a happy home. This girl, let me say, that's something worth shouting about. Did you know that? I see another creature in the crowd. You say, who is that little straight lady? She says, mister, I want to praise him as he rides down the streets of Jerusalem. And I say, what mean of such sound? Why are you shouting, lady? And she says, preacher, I'll tell you why I'm shouting. I'll tell that Pharisee there too. Said, you know, I had an issue of blood, and I spent double, and I spent all my money, had no nothing to pay. And one day I heard a new doctor was in town. His name was the great physician. He sympathized in Jesus. And I knew if I could just touch the system of his garment, I'd be made whole. Thank God, it looks like somebody in this town meeting could touch the hem of his garment. Ah, oh, mother, can you touch it? Have you got enough faith to reach out and touch the hem of his garment? I want to tell you that shouting to me. I'm glad I touched it one day. Well, when you touch the hem of his garment, that little lady said he straightened up my life. I'm glad when I touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Thank God he straightened up my life. And then I see another. And that man is standing there bright-eyed. And he's holding up both hands and praising Jesus. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem, a Pharisee said, Why do why did you shout, Mr. He said, one set alone, beside the highway station, I was blind and could not see. And said he came and put mud in my eyes and told me to go down to the pool of Siloam. And I did, and I came away. And after I cleansed my eyes in the waters of Siloam, I came back seeing once I was blind, but now I see. Thank God, I'm so glad that the Lord Jesus Christ opened up my eyes. And you say, preacher, what's all that shouting 
about. We're shouting because the Lord has opened our eyes. We're shouting because the Lord straightened up our lives. We're shouting because the Lord changed us and sent us home where we could be happy in our homes. We're shouting, brother, because the Lord will take our little lunch and feed a multitude. You say, preacher, that's wonderful. And if Jesus went home, they shouted. But if you got your pencils, I want you to write three things about the word shout. Down in the margin of your Bible, if you will. And we'll look at these three things. And I'm speaking on what all that shouting about. The first shout is the lost shout. Did you know there's some people in the Bible that lost their shout? And it's sad when you see a church that loses his shout. It's sad when you see a preacher that loses his shout. I tell you, they know me in Atlanta, Georgia as the shouting Baptist. Somebody said, but brother Nate. Aren't you ashamed? No. Hey, God, I hope I can shout so loud at Winkler's Grove that a rabbit won't run through this country for six months. Amen. Well, you say, preacher, that's shouting. In First Samuel chapter 4, the Bible tells us about the lost shouts. People that one day shouted. People that one day bring old time religion. I don't believe you have to shout like me. Some of you just cry, you shout, and some of you just sit there and call and praise the Lord. We don't all shout alike. I'm glad when God begins to move upon your soul. I believe there'll be some kind of expression of giving hallelujahs and praise to the God that saved us, and the God that loved us, and the God that blessed us. But notice this all shout. The Bible said that Philistines, the enemies of God, heard the shout in the camp. And they said, God's in the camp. I want to tell you something. These old dried churches where there's never an amen. Why, you don't have to worry about God being around there. But the Bible said the Philistines heard the shout in the camp. And they were afraid. They said, God's in the midst of that camp. And brother, when I get up here to preach, I want God to be in the middle of this pulpit. And when that choir sings, I like to have God in the choir. And God in the quartet. And brother, the devil's afraid when God's in the camp. And you say, preacher, what happened? The Bible said they lost themselves. You read that first thing you chapter four. When you get home, it's an amazing chapter. The Bible said when they lost their shout and God departed from the camp, they lost three things. Would you write these three things down? They lost in First Samuel when they lost their shout. The first thing they lost was the battle. Folks, this is a war. We better fight the battle for righteousness and God and the church. Brother, I tell you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. I want to be a good soldier and fight the battle. I'm glad we're on the winning side. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in you. You say, but I, I have drunkenness in my family. You still contain the victory. You say, preacher, I've got... I've got sin in my heart. Oh, you can still say, God, that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Thank God there's victory. I don't care what you're facing. I'm glad there's victory for the Christian. You don't have to be deceived. 
There's more with us than be with them. Praise God, we're on the winning side. I'll tell you something before I get off of this battle situation. I've read the last chapter. I know who's the victorious. Thank God he's the mighty conqueror. I'm glad he's got an army of righteous people. And brother, we're on the winning side. Oh, you say, preacher, when they lost the shout, they lost the battle. Now let me show you something real quick and I'll have to hurry. They lost 34,000 men in one day. They didn't have nuclear war. And by the way, let me help you with this nuclear war thing. There's not going to be a nuclear war. You say Russia. No, Russia's not going to blow this thing up. Simon Peter said this thing's preserved under fire and justice. God's going to destroy this thing, not man. Man didn't make it. Man's not going to destroy it. I also know God's going to take care of it. And God's going to judge it. And God's going to do what needs to be done to it. Just say, preacher, what did they do back before they had guns? Back before they had cannons? Back before they had airplanes and bombs? You say, preacher, what did they have? They had swords and they killed 30 4,000 in one day. You see, when they lost the south, they lost the battle. Friend, if you lose your praise for God, listen to me, the joy of the Lord's your strength. The praise of God will keep you going. They'll keep you on the first line of duty. They'll keep you in the battle. But when they lost the south, they lost the battle. Secondly, they lost the ark of the covenant. You know what that means? They lost the presence of God. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't live a day without Him. Oh, I can't take a step without him. He's my strength. But as long as Jesus goes with me, praise God, I won't have anything to worry about. As long as Jesus goes with you, you won't have anything to worry about. Now, let me give you one thing about this Ark of the Covenant. They they hit it on a man's farm. Boy, I'd like to have a farm and have it on my farm. The Bible said they hit it on a Benadab farm. And you know what happened on his farm while that ark was out there? Well, the Bible said God blessed that farm. You know what I believe happened? I believe every old chicken lay double your day. Say amen like that. Bless God, I believe it's pure cream. I, I was drinking some sweet milk the other day and it said 60%. I, I thought, bless God, if our ark was around here, it'd be 100%. Amen. The Bible said it's a blessing. Oh, you say, preacher, as long as the ark was with the people of God, I want to tell you they were blessed by His presence. When you come to this church and God's not here, you might as well go home. Well, when you sing and God's not in your singing, when you preach and God's not in your preaching, we might as well go home. So we saw they lose the art, no, they lose the battle, but they lost the glory. That's bad, mister. When they lost their shout, they lost the glory of God. That's bad. The Bible said Eli was a, a fat man. He's 98. He, he was sitting in the wagon. And he's an old man. And the man from Benjamin ran up to the wagon and said, Eli, 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 we lost the battle. Your two boys, Hope and I and Phanias, have just been killed. The Bible said that fat man turned over. And say, well, let me give you something before I get off of this. Do you know what the Bible says? You know two things that a woman don't want to tell you. Let me, let me ask you. Uh, you know two things a woman won't tell you? Her weight, not her age. Say amen right there. There are two things a woman won't tell you. Her weight. And God protected a woman with both of those in the Bible. You say, I didn't know that. Yeah, you'll never find where it says 
uh, that a woman was fat in the Bible. But he said, he was, I was fat. He was a heavy man. Uh, God, and let me tell you something else. God never told the age of an old woman in the Bible. You say, yes, he did. I beg your pardon. I search this book. He never did. But in the 23rd chapter uh, of Genesis in verse 1, one time, God told the age of a woman that was 127. It said, then Sarah lived. And she died at the age of 127. That's the only woman in the Bible that God gave her age when she old. So you ladies can feel good. God has got his protection by his weight and his strength. Oh, you say, well, picture what happened. The Bible said that heavy man, that fat man, fell off of that wagon. And when he fell off, there's a woman screamed down in the house. And the man from Benjamin's camp ran down and ran in. And a woman was giving birth to a little boy. And when she gave birth to a little boy, the, the maiden that was there that gave birth said, the boy. And when she heard that her husband had been killed tonight, and when she heard her father-in-law had fallen off the wagon and, and broken his neck, you know what she said? Take that baby and then in his Ichibod. Oh, the glory has departed from Israel. Ichibod means the glory has departed. And when she heard the battle had been lost and the glory was gone, she said, name that little baby of mine, Ichibod, I don't want it. Take him away. The glory of God departed. I want to say to you that are here, beloved, listen to me. When the glory of God departs from your home, what is it, God? When the glory of God departs from your life, what do you have? When the glory of God departs from your church, what do you have? And so we see the lost shout, L-O-S-T. Secondly, we see the loud shout in the Bible. You say, where is it? In Joshua chapter 6, the Bible says in Israel was coming to take Jericho. Jericho was exceeding great city at that time. And in that city, they had a bunch of people. And in that city, God said, I'm going to let you overpower that great city called Jericho. Here's a little bunch of Israelites marching. And when they get down there, they find three people, or three cases. Number one, they found the scoffing people. The Jerichoites said, who are you to come down here? Why, you can't take this city. They scoffed and they mocked at the people of God. Let me say something to you, beloved, real quickly. I want you to know when you live for Jesus, where you work up in the furniture factory or wherever you work, they'll scoff at you and laugh at you. And sometimes your own family will make fun of you for going to church. I want to tell you this world is not a friend of God. The Bible said the world is an enemy of God. And you hear me tonight. They'll scoff at you and laugh at you. Not only were there scoffers in Jericho, but secondly, there was a scarlet woman, a sinful woman, and her name was Rahab the Harlot. Now notice something, the scoffers didn't believe in God. But there was a sinful woman that believed in the blood. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I believe in the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know what that woman used to say? How do you know she believed in the blood? What was this one? You know what happened? They told her, said, you put a scarlet cord in the window. Put your daddy behind that blood. God will take care of it. 
get your, get your people and get them behind the blood. Rahab, you'll be taken care of in your family if you'll get them behind the blood. You say, preacher, how can I keep my family safe? Get them behind the blood. Oh, thank God there's power in the blood. I'm glad there's wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Now watch this picture. I want to show you something. When she put that scarlet cord up there in that blood, blood, blood. There's a man years ago called uh, Sad Williams. He never smiled. He never had any joy. And he got on dope. And I mean, he became a terrible dope. Eleven times, Sad Williams took a sharp instrument and tried to commit suicide. But after 11 attempts of suicide, he went out and heard a little Salvation Army band 100 years ago. And in England, that William, what was so sad, followed that little band, a little band singing about Jesus, went into a little mission and got saved, read his Bible for two solid years. And after two solid years, William Capper wrote these great words. There is a fountain filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners burned. But he had blood loose all that You see, this harlot, this sinful woman, she believed like William Catholic. She believed in the power of the blood. Thank God I still believe in the power of the blood. Not only do you see the scoffers of Jericho and a sinful woman, but you hear a shout so loud that the Bible said when God said to that little Israelite band, march around one time the first day, one time the second day, one time the third day. And he said, go around for six days, one time each day. But get up early on the seventh day. March around seven times and sound the trumpet. And then they said, shout. Now let me give you something. That shout was so loud that the walls fell down. Uh, brother, you talk about a loud shout. Uh, the walls came tumbling down. Uh, I believe we ought to shout so loud, bless your heart. Uh, the walls of unbelief uh, and infidelity come tumbling down. Uh, oh, you say, preacher, listen, brother. I want to show you something. Hey, listen. Did you know the walls didn't come down until I could have shouted? You know what's the matter with you and me? We wait till I could the walls come down before we shout. Let's God make sure darn hard and we're going to shout on the credit and believe they'll come down. And they ran back and shouted. And the Bible said when they shouted that the walls of Jericho fell flat. F-L-A-T. Those walls. Now, Brother Kenneth's been over there a lot of times. He'll tell you that there were bricks after bricks after bricks after bricks. I don't care how strong the devil may build the walls. Let me tell you something. When God breathes, from heaven, the walls are coming down. I'm glad they shouted and then the walls came coming down. Now, you met my wife when it's up there, and I wanted my wife to come. She said like that, oh, I wish I was over there with you and Brother Kenneth and the church this way. And her mother's shaking with us and her aunt's in the intensive care and her uncle's in the hospital back. But listen, she couldn't come. But she's always kidding me about shouting. Did you know I can shout at the drop of the hat and drop the hat myself? Say amen right there. That's God, I don't have to have any encouragement. I can just rear back and holler. And I remember one week in my life, everything went wrong. Did you ever have one of those weeks when nothing went right? I mean everything. Everything went wrong. I mean every telephone call was bad. Everything just looked like the bottom and falling out. And Friday came on that week and a man 
came into our office and brought 2,500 books and they were printed wrong and he wasn't a Christian and I didn't say anything to him. And I was so discouraged when he left. My wife looked over at me and said, Shout now. Shout now. And I said, You better back up. Because when I holler this time, I, I said, Bless God, they'll know it all over. It. <laughs> I said, I'll be shouting when you're down. Shout when you're up. Shout because your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Brother, we have a right to praise Lord. That the Scripture says they shouted so loud that the walls came tumbling down. Now notice, I gave you the law. And then the loud shout. Let me give you the third and the last. There's the Lord shout. You say, Brother May, did the Lord shout? He went to the tomb of Lazarus and he shouted, Lazarus, come out of that grave. And Lazarus came forth. When he was on the cross, he shouted, My God, my God, why so the Bible says to be three things. That's one your result because of that shout. Would you write them down? And I'll close. You say, preacher, what will be the result of the shout of the Lord when He comes? First of all, there'll be a resurrection. Oh, Paul said it in this life only. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19. If in this life we have hope. I mean, when your mama died, now watch this. I'm going to make it personal. And you brought that mother down here, that precious little old body that worked for you when you couldn't work for yourself. If all the hope that you have is in that casket, or out front of that cemetery, you're miserable. You know where my hope is. It's a living hope, praise God. And I'm glad because He lives. We'll live forever. Thank God for living hope tonight. Because He lives, I'll see my mother again. Because He lives, you'll see your mother again. Now watch this, the Bible says, the Bible said, and the dead in Christ first. Boy, won't that be a wonderful sight? The dead in Christ shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Resurrection. Resurrection. When I was at the great side of my day, it's raining that day up at Fletcher, North Carolina. I don't know whether you've ever been to Fletcher or not. But it was raining. And I never will forget. I, I stepped outside the two little tents. It wasn't raining hard. And I, I said to my mother and my brother and friends that gathered on those tents, I said, we're going to deposit that body. As a seed, we're going to deposit that body. But I said, some golden day. Jesus is coming with a shout as young. I said, my daddy's going to come out of And I gave a commitment. When I did, it was over about 50 yards. And it was raining that day, just pitiful. And I looked over about, oh, I guess 50 yards over there. And you know what I saw? I saw a man put a bugle up his mouth. My daddy was a veteran. And he gave taps. And as he was giving those taps, the Holy Ghost said, Look out one of this tent, maze. And I looked out one of that tent, and you know what the Spirit of God impressed my heart with? He said, Son, the next time your daddy hears a horn, or they blow a horn for your daddy, it won't be taps, it'll be reckless. Thank God it won't be goodbye, it'll be good morning. Oh, said the next time. Hey, if they sound a horn for your daddy, said it'll be getting up morning. 
I want you to know I like to have a spell right there under that tent. I was sitting on the edge and I got to hollering and shouting and they thought I was crazy. Now I looked out and the rain was coming down. The Holy Ghost seemed to say to me, boy, and when that next horn blows for your daddy, it'll be an unclouded day. Thank God there won't be any rain. Oh, thank the Lord there won't be a cloud in the sky. I'm glad when the Lord shall shout. You say, preacher, what will it mean? It'll mean resurrection. Number two, all it'll mean resurrection will mean reunion. Glory to God, he said, we'll be caught up together. Oh, what a meeting in the air. Now, I want to tell you something, folks. I want to see Jesus first of all. I'm sure that you want to see Him before anybody else. You want to see the Lord. Well, it's going to be a time when I see Jesus. Oh, but listen, I believe there with Jesus will be mom and dad. We'll have a time together. Oh, we'll have a reunion that will never break out. Thank God we'll have a reunion where there'll be no sad farewells. We'll be caught up together. Reunion. Let me give you something. When I... Was a little boy, I was called with my dad and mother to go to my grandmother's house. She has died. She lived in a little town called Eddywall in North Carolina. It's up above Hendersonville, a bard if you've ever been in that area. We went up to Eddywall. My little grandmother was dying. She was blind the last two years of her life. I don't I didn't know all of this until after I got a little older and my daddy told me exactly what happened. But I remember walking in that room. She died at home. She was blind. I remember that. And I remember what grandmother said. She said, Maze, that was my daddy. And my daddy walked over and said, Yes, mother. And she said, Meet me there where the tree of life is blooming. Meet me there. And daddy reached over and kissed his mother and said, Mother, I'll meet you again someday. And they will forget it. Daddy told me exactly what happened, but I remember the commotion and the crying in that room. I was just a little bitty boy. And I remember that grandmother said, Lillian? My mother's name was Lillian, and she came over to the bed, and Daddy told me later that the grandmother looked up out of those blinded eyes and said, Honey, I can't see you. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to be with Jesus, and I'll wait on you just inside the gate. And then I, I, I remember vaguely this. Daddy told me just what happened later. My grandmother said, Mace Junior! And I said, Yes, ma'am. And I went over and stood by her bed. And she took those little bony fingers and wrapped them over my eyes and said, Son, I can't see you. But the next time, I'll be able to see you. Oh, she said, meet me there. I made grandmother promise I'd meet her over there in heaven, and you hear me? When I got saved, I went back up to Eddie Wall one night, and I went out there and stood at that graveside and knelt down. And I said, Jesus, you tell grandmother I'm going to meet her on the other side. Oh, you say, preacher, what about the Lord shout? It'll mean resurrection. Oh, it'll mean reunion. And then last, they'll mean reward. They'll come back and reward us. Some of you say, I come to church and I tithe and I get my money and I, nobody appreciates me. Payday hadn't come yet, dear. Well, you say, Brother Mays, what about the reward that's going to come? Brother, he's coming. Don't you worry about that. I serve a great paymaster. He knows every step. He knows every tear. He knows every heartache. He knows every burden that you have. I want to tell you, you'll not lose your reward. 
Thank God when the Lord shouts from heaven, He'll be rewarding, we'll rise to meet the everlasting prize. Just to see Him. Well, I'll be all reward. I want, I want to tell you something. I don't care if the streets are not gold. Of course, the Bible said they're transparent gold. And I believe that, but I don't care if they're not. The Bible said the walls of Jasper. I don't care if they are, but I, I, that, that's not what I want to see. I want to look upon the one when he holds up his hand. He said, I did it all for you. Woo! Praise God. You talk about shouting. I want to tell you something when I look upon his face. The one that saved me by grace. I'll be able to say, that's all the reward I'll ever want. I heard you shout. I came to meet you in the air and look on your face. It's all the reward I want. Every head bowed and right closed.